0: Welcome to Quest, where we believe a great faith, great church experience, and great life is grounded in authentic relationship with God and living life with friends. Join us today in changing our world, one friendship at a time. If you would like more information about connecting at Quest, stay tuned after the message. Good morning, church. It's good to be with you. As I said before, happy Mother's Day to you mothers. I, I, um, <laughs> I, I have uh, something that I'm, I'm very thankful of because of my wife. And there's something that, that I experienced recently that was, it was like that moment of illumination, of understanding. My whole world changed because of something that she showed me. And, and this, I don't know if, if, if you're anything like me, but I've, I've recently had a lot of trouble sleeping. I've just had restless nights of sleep. And, and so I was, for a while, I was trying to figure out ways that I could be better at sleeping. Like that's something I've I've been practicing all my life for this. I thought I might be good at it, but I really, I couldn't do it. So I was online and I was looking for those life hack articles. Have any of you ever seen those life hack articles? Boy, they frustrate me so much because it's more like these aren't life hacks, but life has hacked you. And I'm so sorry that you can't figure out how to use normal household objects and try and teach me about something in it. Anyway, just before winter, Alexis slipped a heating blanket onto our bed, and it was, it was kind of sneaky, and I, I, I'll just be honest with you. I grew up in Texas, so I've, I've never needed a heating blanket. I didn't really understand them at all, and even though I helped her put it on the bed, I didn't know that she was putting it on there, and that might just be more of a commentary on my level of comprehension more than anything else, but there was this month where I was complaining about how hot the bet was, and I would, I'd flip the, you know, the sheets off, and I'm like, why is it, why is this happening? And then she said, Jeremy, maybe you should try heating up the blanket 30 minutes before you get into bed. And I don't know if any of you guys sleep with a heating blanket, but this is amazing. It changed my world. I climbed into my warm, comfortable bed and I was whisked off to beautiful sleep completely through the whole night. And I woke up the next morning and I followed my wife around the house trying to find out more things that I could do to change my life because she saved me. I'm very, I'm very thankful for, for my wife. Now, I, I understand that not everyone is a slow learner like I am, uh, but there's, there's something else that I'm learning right now, uh, and, and I, I hope that it's something that, that you might be interested in as well. You know, with all of these things that have been swirling around my head, that have been causing me to, to have anxiety and, and maybe not to be able to go to sleep, what I'm learning is that I have multiple inadequacies in my life, whether I'm inadequate um, at work or as a parent or in relationships. 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 um, And I've been searching for a way to fix these things. And that's when I learned about grace. (laughs) Some of you are like, come on, Jeremy, how long have you been a Christian? Um, Hear me out. I know grace is not a new concept. We often talk about it when we think about sin. Uh, We talk about it when we hope for the future and understand that we will be with Christ in eternity and grace covers us in those things. But what I have been learning about personally is learning to live in Christ's present grace. And that's, that's the grace for whatever present moment that I'm in at that time. And I know that I'm probably not alone in this, uh, but often I would rely on my own ability for those difficult moments. Um, whatever was given to me by God, after all, I would, I would find myself becoming frustrated because in my own ability, I would continue to fail. And those failures, they would stare at me, they would mock me, um, and I didn't know uh, that there was something that God was offering all along to help guide me through those difficult moments. God was offering me a heated blanket of grace. That sounds terrible. I'm gonna take that out. I'm not gonna use that ever again. Um, I need a pen. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but His grace, His grace for me, was sufficient for not only my past sin and my future eternity, but his grace is present for us in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our mistakes and our failures. In fact, Dallas Willard, he's known for saying that sinners use some grace and they find total forgiveness And then here comes this quote from his book, The Great Omission. Dallas says, The true saint burns grace like a 747 burns fuel on takeoff. That is, those of us who are relying on the Holy Spirit to transform us into Christ's likeness will rely on the grace of God that covers us in all of our mistakes, all of our inadequacies, and all of our sins, present, past, and future. After all, as creatures made by an all-knowing, omniscient God. Of course, he knows and understands our weaknesses, and he is creating ways to work out those weaknesses in order for us to be useful according to the plans that he has for us. Now, if you're like me, you may want to take a collective sigh of relief. We are not going to be enough for everything that we have, but Christ will cover us through his work and through his grace. I want to do a visualization activity real quickly, and, uh, and so here's what I want us to do. I want you to think about a recent moment, maybe in the last week or two, where you experienced some kind of failure. Trust me, you're not going to have to tell any neighbor about it. This is just to yourself. Um, so, so think about what that moment was. I know exactly what mine was. Mine was a parenting failure. I lost my patience. I got really frustrated, and I felt like I ruined it. I wrecked that moment uh, for me and my family, and... Um, But what I want you to do is I want you to think about a moment recently where you have experienced failure, inadequacy, sin, brokenness, whatever it is. Think about that. And then I I want you to remember what that felt like. What emotions were you experiencing in that moment? Just think about that. I know for me, what I felt as I lost my patience, I felt anger, I felt embarrassment, and I felt uncertainty that I would ever be a good dad. Really difficult emotions. But the reason for this activity is I want you to think about. In that moment where you feel those things, you know what you did, I want you to ask yourself Do I believe that God loves me and accepts me just as I am in the midst of this failure? Do I believe that God loves me and accepts me just as I am in the midst of that failure? See, what I'm, what I'm personally learning right now is that regardless of what I believe God thinks of me or whether his grace I feel is sufficient, even at my present worst, whatever that is, I often attach most of my beliefs about God to what other people think of me in those moments rather than what God says about me. How about you? When I'm in the midst of failure or sin or inadequacy, my first thought is what other people are going to think about me, what they might say about me, and I immediately think that God agrees with them and not with what his word says. And I, I want to encourage you, if you're anything like me in this, then I, I please keep listening today uh, because I think I have something very special to offer you. And if you're not like me, then at least you'll get to listen to some scripture and maybe you'll get to help someone else out um, uh, in a future conversation. I'm going to just open us up real mor- this morning with a word of prayer as we meet Christ here in the scripture. So let me pray for us. God of grace, God of mercy, We pray that you would meet us here right where our lives intersect with your scripture. Let us listen and believe the truth that you say, that you tell us. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to take us to our core scripture this morning, uh, and we're going to be in in Ephesians chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, I encourage you to open up to Ephesians with me, uh, read along. We're going to be focused in verses 14 through 21, which is a prayer that Paul was praying for the churches in Asia Minor. Uh, Let me give you a little context, though, about this full letter. This is a letter that speaks clearly to the transformative nature of living with God. It argues for believers to have an active faith, one that will challenge their pattern of thinking and ultimately change their behavior. This is a tremendously powerful letter, and and I do, I would encourage everyone to go home this week and find time and read all of Ephesians, read it together. But as you do, I I want to encourage you to pay special attention to how Paul encourages the believers to not only believe passively, or to not believe passively, but instead thoughtfully and actively. So as as we look at our text, I also want to point this out. This is a prayer that that Paul prayed for all of these churches. But this is a prayer that while it was written thousands of years ago, it still applies to us today. Paul is praying for the believers in those churches, but he's also praying for the believers here in this church. It's perfectly applicable today in 2021, just as it was in the first century. So let's read this together. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And I'd like us to keep our attention on this phrase, according to his power that is at work within us. The main intent of Paul's prayer is that the readers will be strengthened by God's spirit. That that God is presently with the believer and that God loves the believer. Now, I I know for me, I, I need this reminder very often because I neglect to believe it that God is with us, God loves us, and that God is presently at work in us. And yet, many times, we choose to look in all kinds of other directions to help us in our moments of inadequacy or failure. Now, Paul is praying here that the Holy Spirit will be such an influential presence in our lives that he will control and direct our thoughts and actions, that our inner being will, be, will, will cause us to make choices that are in line with the way of Christ. Now, here's the caveat. I have to be honest, this passage of scripture leaves me with some questions. For instance, if God is presently at work in our lives and his work is more powerful than ours is, which then covers our limitations, then why don't we see this work um, more often in our lives? How come I am not experiencing his power more frequently or consistently See, I want to believe the theology of this passage of Scripture. I want to believe everything that Paul is praying and saying. I I want to believe that, that where I'm lacking, where I'm failing, that God is going to fill in. That in those moments, that when I can't think of the right thing to say that he will give me words. When I don't have the right emotions uh, for for the, the moment that I'm in, that his peace and his patience will overwhelm me and carry me through. I want to believe that my imagination of what God can and will do in my present life is not enough, but rather what he will do is something that I can't comprehend. But I don't understand why I see it so rarely in my life. And yet, See, this this doubt is really based on my experience. I know that God is present with me. I believe that. But there have been many times when I haven't really experienced what I'm reading. So what's missing? Either the theology that, that Paul is writing to these churches is wrong, and God's not presently working in our lives by grace, or... I am not honestly submitting to the process that Christ is calling me to. Now, I know that myself, and I, and I know many of you, um, that it seems that my arrogance, my unwillingness to work with the, the Holy Spirit is the true limitation of what's happening in my lives. And, and I, mean, I know that I often rely on my own ability or I trust in the wisdom of other men rather than choose to submit to the process that God is working in my life. And here's an interesting image. Okay, um, I'm going to take this vase this morning. By the way, this is not the vase that was holding the flowers that I, that I wanted to give to my wife today. It's not like I took the vase and threw the flowers at her and said, I've got to use this today. Um, but I, I want to I take this vase. And if I were to fill this vase up with water, and then I was to shake this vase vigorously, what's going to come out? Water, right? Why, 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 why is water going to come out? this is what I put in it you guys want to see me shake it vigorously I'm not really sure I want to I've I almost ruined Daniel's uh uh, board over here for his guitar and then I was going to be Daniel I'm going to do it though I'm shaking it I'm shaking it if I shake it vigorously what comes out it's all over me it's water right why not flowers why not rocks why not milk? Thank goodness milk did not come out of that because that is disgusting. But why? It's because what we put into the vase is what comes out whenever we shake it vigorously, right? It's not, it's not magic. There's, there's nothing magic here. Huh, it seems obvious. You know, but, and this is the same truth though for, for our own lives. What we choose to put into our lives is what is going to come out whenever we are shaken. So if we rely on our own intuition for the circumstances in our lives, then our own intuition is going to come out when we are shaken. If we look to earthly thought leaders for help and answers to the things that we face, then what we get are the ideas from the earthly thought leaders. But if we are seeking the truth from God, putting his truth into our lives, and we are submitting to his purpose, then that is what we get out whenever we are shaken. Our faith is an active faith. Following Jesus is not an illusion, it's not a magic trick, but rather it's an act of surrender. When we immerse ourselves in his way, then when we are shaken, what's going to come out of us is going to surprise us because God is going to make it flourish by his power and his might and his will and his way. This is not a mysterious transaction. There's no sleight of hand or otherworldly process taking place. It's, It's simply our act of submission and active following of Christ. As a result, we reap the benefits, the fruit of the life of Jesus. It's simple. He magnifies the work that goes in, which means that we don't have to be enough. What we bring to the table will never be enough, but Christ covers that. As long as we're following Jesus and and actively following him and living for him, then he will he will flourish those things. The life of Christ is not automatic it 's a life of engagement it 's a, a life of relationship it's, it's, It requires time and investment. The real difficulty here for us is that we, we might be able to understand the full emotion of what paul 's writing in these words. you know he, he's, he is convinced that every one of us will experience the fullness of Jesus, but it requires belief that changes how we act while most of us can fake our emotions, and maybe even um, fake our, our agreement with Paul, we are incapable of reproducing the results. It's only by God. For us to experience the work of God in our lives, we have to participate with him. Paul doesn't outline the work of the Spirit and how, how all that takes place, but he seems, it seems to be clear to Paul that he's encouraging our participation with the Holy Spirit we need to be exercising our inner being as much as much as we recognize the need to exercise our physical body. You know, and thankfully, this is precisely what we do here at this church. I am so blessed by Quest. I love this body of believers because we're thoughtful about how we engage with God on a Sunday morning through worship. We're active in how we choose to pray for one another as people come with needs We're trying to do this, and I want to encourage you to, as you step into this place, whether it's on Sunday morning or in a small group throughout the week, or maybe it's online, that you would be thoughtfully working to engage with what God is doing here in this place. I would challenge us to be thoughtful about how we step into the things of worship and teaching and learning and scripture. And... And I'll just say this, if we ever find ourselves dissatisfied with the way that uh, the forms of worship that we use here in this church, then maybe we need to take a step back and reconsider what it is or who it is that we're actually worshiping. See, when we become critics of, of how we worship, then that's when we're really just spectators rather than worshipers. We need to be involved in the moment of worship rather than simply watchers of worship. It's really easy for any of us to become consumers of church, but that is not what Christ is calling us to. It's far better for us to be serious about relationally connecting with Jesus and the rest of his church body than to be serious about our taste in Christian music. i am take a step down off my soapbox. You know what I believe now. Please don't hold it against me. Because today, more than anything... I want us to experience encouragement. So I want to close this way today. I was recently reading uh, Paul David Tripp's book on parenting. I was reading it again, and I thought that he had some very wonderful words for us to hear. So I'm going to read this last paragraph that he wrote in one of his um, chapters on grace uh, from his book, Parenting. And I'm going to adapt it uh, from his discussion on parenting to try and apply it more broadly to all of us. So this is what he says. God has called you to be a parent, or a banker, or an engineer, a teacher, or a salesperson. How does he give you what you need for this calling? He gives you what you need by giving you himself. And in giving you himself, he showers his amazing, forgiving, rescuing, transforming, empowering, and wisdom-given grace down on you. In whatever you are called to do, you are invited to remember that you are not alone. Someone else walks the hallways and stands in the family room or the boardroom or the classroom with you. Someone rides in the minivan and sits with you on another Zoom call, comes with you to another on-site meeting with a potential client. Someone is with you during the difficult and confrontational meeting that you have with your boss. Someone is with you as you relive the events of your day and before you fall asleep. Someone is with you when you wake up and prepare to face another day. Someone is with you as you get up already exhausted as usual before the sun rises. The one who has called you to this very important job is with you, and because he is, there is hope. Sure, there will be times when you will find yourself at the end of your rope But fight the fear and discouragement with expectancy. Your Savior's rope never ends, and he will never leave you alone. Because of Christ, you are more than your inadequacy. Through Christ, he will cover you with his present grace. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for how you've created us. We thank you that you cherish us as your creation. And while you understand and know our weakness, while nothing is is, um, lost on you, Lord, we are thankful that you cover us, you shower us with grace. So, Lord, we accept it. We're grateful that you sit with us in the middle of our difficult times. You're right here with us whenever we fail, whenever we mess up, whenever we're not enough. And you don't look at us with judgment, but instead you look at us with love telling us that the present grace that you are giving us will cause us to experience the fullness of life that you are calling us to. So thank you, God. We thank you for the work that you're doing in us. May we be active followers of you. May we choose to sit and be with you explore our relationship with you even deeper to listen to your words and apply them to our lives holy spirit transform us into the likeness of christ we pray in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen amen church i encourage you to stand as we sing this one last worship song today We hope you encountered the love of Jesus in this message. If you'd like to be a part of the ministry God is doing through Quest, whether in person or online, go to questvineyard.org for more information. If you want to worship God by supporting Quest financially, go to questvineyard.org slash give. May God bless you this week as you partner with God to change the world one friendship at a time.